Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for seeing. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, ContenderCast, shining a light on bright ideas. Today, another Justin is on. Justin came on. Some of you probably know him from Do Good <laughs> Foods. I'm so excited that he's here. Don't get confused by the Justins. I'll be the other Justin. He can be the main Justin. So Justin K, so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Dude, it's so great having you here Friday afternoon. Um, very exciting. Uh, Justin's based in New York. He and his company are incredible. Some of you, like I said, probably know him. Uh, he is very well connected in the food space. And if you don't know him and you're in the food space, you really should li link in with him. Um, I have a feeling it will only do you good. No pun intended. Um, he's the co-CEO um, and co-founder of Do Good Foods. We're going to talk that company. We're going to talk about chicken and eggs as well today. Um, sustainability. I mean, it's all on the radar screen in the next 20, 25 minutes. And before we do that, as you all know, I'd love to unpack the story of our founder. So Justin Kay, how about talk about you and what you were doing before launching the business? Awesome. Yeah. So the story of Do Good Foods kind of really originates actually with our family's backgrounds. Uh, so it actually goes back about 35 years. My dad was a plumber. He was installing wastewater heat recovery systems and boiler rooms at age 13. Um, long story short, age kind of early 20s, ended up becoming one of the largest independent power producers, about $800 million at GE financed. And he built, owned, and operated about 600 megawatts worth of natural gas cogen facilities, which at that time was amazingly environmentally progressive. And we were providing the cheap steam to those very same paper mills and greenhouses that he installed the boilers at. So at a very early age, circular economies and becoming more environmentally progressive was absolutely the, the main focus and the DNA of who we are as, a, as people. Um, long story short, we went on to build a couple billion dollars of infrastructure. And about 10, 12 years ago, my brother and I graduated college and we came up with the thesis that the world screwed up. And how do we change it? And how do we do so at scale and immediately? We cannot wait for 2040 or 2050. We got to do things now, immediately, and to fit into the existing business operations of some of the largest companies. And so at that time, we uh, our first company was KDC Solar. We helped build about $400 million of solar projects, providing cheap electricity to companies like Pfizer, Eli Lilly, Amazon. We made Six Flags, one of the first amusement parks in the world to be 100% powered by solar. Uh, but it wasn't until about six, seven years ago when we came across the stat that I'm sure everyone listening knows, and if you don't, you should, the fact that we throw away in the United States 40% of the food that we grow. That is if crazy. Food was a country, yeah, That is crazy. It is. I mean, if food waste was a country, be the third largest greenhouse gas emitter, and you think about it from a landowner or a farmer's perspective, 20% approximately is uh, of our farmland is used to literally grow crops that we simply throw into the landfill where it creates methane gas 80 times more potent than CO2. Wow. If we want to solve climate change, we got to solve methane. Wow. Well, now you guys know what Do Good Foods is all about. Help fight food waste and combat climate change by simply not letting good food go to waste. I mean, what a cool and such a, an easy and yet very understandable mission or vision statement. So you decide we're going to get into this space, but you were in solar before, right? I mean, so how did you... 
how did you dive into this? Where did it start? Yeah, I mean, it started off with uh, figuring out that we need to build large-scale infrastructure. And that's why the background of the family was important. Um, so we brought together a team of some worldwide experts and a lot of hard work and dedication uh, to figure out how do you create this type of solution at a massive level that can work with the largest retailers and food service companies. To your point, we have as a society, when we all used to grow up on a farm, we, we all used to take our leftovers on our dinner plate and feed it to our chickens and pigs and pets out back. That was a circular economy. That was a closed loop system. And that was a better, healthier agriculture community for us all. Obviously, we all do not grow up on farms anymore. And the retailers are way too big from a volume perspective. So how do we now take that same solution, but now build it into a first of its kind, $125 million production facility, 100,000 square feet, capable of now upcycling 160 tons of surplus grocery food that we collect every single day from a couple from 400 to 450 supermarkets and preserve the value of that nutrients, pick up all that food after donations can occur, because that's the first and best usage of food to be fed to humans. Then based upon the EPA food hierarchy, the next best usage of that food is to come to be upcycled to an animal feed. So we take all of that surplus grocery food, we upcycle it into a nutriently consistent dried animal feed. And the benefit there is that that dried animal feed can then go right into the existing feed mill infrastructure of farmers across the country. And when we use our feed ingredient to grow, for example, chicken, we have one of the first ever USDA approved third-party verified scope three carbon reduced equations where each do good chicken now saves three pounds of greenhouse gases and four pounds of surplus grocery food making climate change tangible to us all enjoy a delicious piece of chicken wow and you just hit a lot of things there and we're going to get to the chicken piece for sure as well as eggs um so you decide you're going to build infrastructure did you have the funding for that i mean like because there was no revenue model right at the beginning so like how did you think about that was it just a we're going to invest and then find the the, the kind of the, the the funding elements that are going to make it profitable over time like what did that look like yeah i mean the only the only way to have the greatest impact in the world is to drive towards profitability right you got to be a profitable business and a profitable system uh to really have the greatest impact um so we had kind of each aspect of the business being developed kind of simultaneously right from the logistics to the collection to the processing of food into the feed and then about a year and a half ago is when we also uh paired all of that with the combination and the launch of a brand that tried to really and does really showcase to the world that consumers care 90% of us are raising our hands saying, what can we do to help? Just don't change our habits and don't make me pay a lot more. <laughs> well, great. Can you go into the retailer and move your arm six inches to the right? And if Do Good Chicken is priced right in line with all of the other brands, well below organic right. and tastes great, why wouldn't you now do good for the planet? And so linking all of those businesses together has certainly been a task, um, but we're blessed with a, a pretty big team and a a lot of opportunities and yeah we've been funding and, and fundraising for years now i oh, love it uh you can check out dogoodfoods.com of course for the parent company and then um let's jump into the chicken piece you just you just talked about some of the consumer product element and do dogoodchicken.com um talk about you weren't producing 
finished product again at first, right? You were focused on the the sustainable elements of it. Now you, you're you're making product, you're packaging product, you're putting it into retail stores on shelves. How did you figure that out? Like, and, and how did you decide? Hey, we're going to go into this space with chicken. Yeah, so that's a, a long journey, um, but I'll summarize it pretty quickly. So <laughs> sure. when we when we when we first started trying to figure out, okay, we can upcycle all this surplus grocery food. We can create a dried animal feed that can go into the existing feed mill infrastructure of farmers, and we can provide them a guaranteed nutritional analysis, which is what they need, no different than how they currently source corn and soy. We went around to every one of these major farmers, every known company, um, and asked them, wouldn't they want to be partners with us and take our feed? And they, being at the scale that they are currently at, could help solve food waste in five years. We could do this now. And every one of them turned to me and said, we love the idea. We love the, the opportunity. Go prove to us that consumers care. And so about a year and a half ago, actually April 22nd of last year, we decided, uh, and we did, we launched our own brand called Do Good Chicken, which was the reason that this whole solution kind of came to, to, to life. Where we were able to pick up the surplus grocery food for free. Mm -hmm. We were able to hand their retailers products back that they know, a piece of chicken, where they make their standard retail margin on it which thereby when they take that calculation into uh, hold, it becomes one of the most profitable pieces of chicken that they've ever had. They're saving all their food waste costs and they're getting a, a delicious piece of chicken that then consumers are able to buy. So when we launched this brand, we did a whole lot of qual and quant, understanding that the consumer general population from Midwest moms, to Texas grandparents and millennial kids on understanding the, the brand's hierarchy, what, what really matters to people, right? Everyone wants to do good in the world. No one wants to do bad, right? So it was kind of the essence of the conversation was really the brand name, but then it really drove into the quantification of the carbon savings and the food waste savings. Um, and because we've kind of pioneered a lot of this real-time carbon accounting, we can actually have on the back of our package a truly quantifiable benefit to every consumer based upon them simply buying our chicken, they're now saving four pounds of surplus grocery food and three pounds of greenhouse gases, recognizing that we're all on this planet together and sure. we have the solution and the size needed to scale, uh, to solve these problems. So how, how did the retailers react early days? I, I can imagine some of them were like, wait, this is not how I like think about ordering product for my shelves. It's not how I do category planning, category management. like. I mean, it's a right. This is a, a different approach. Is that did you have some that were more eager or interested than others? How did you approach that? Yeah, I mean, we went out to kind of everyone, and everyone had different existing solutions <laughs> right. and, and stories. What was what was fascinating was, I mean, we're a small family company, right? And we were linking together the food waste team of X retailer and the sustainability and the poultry team and the logistics and the operations. And for many of those people internally to whatever major retailer, it was the first time that they've ever talked to each other. They were introducing themselves along with us. And it was like, wow, we're really bringing a solution collectively together, recognizing that we are all part of the food system together. Amazing, right? And I, that it is good. I mean, obviously, for the industry and for the end consumer who cares about, you know, uh, the, this 
product and whatnot. How are you building brand awareness? It's, so you got some of the retailers to buy in. Hey, you know, I, I get the model, but how do you build awareness with the, the shopper, the consumer that's, you know, in the store looking at different products? How, how have you thought about that? Yeah, that's that's been some of the most fun part of this whole thing. So we had a, we, we brought on a great team, uh, kind of former top people from kind of major public CPG companies. And uh, we did a full 360 marketing approach. So we have TV commercials, billboards, magazines, um, and then it really drives into the digital. Obviously, we are a very digital world. Uh, shopper marketing is a key critical aspect of ours. We are trending better than very, very well-known household companies um, that have 80 to 100-year head starts. Wow. Um, because when you, when you drive down then to the point of sale capabilities, we'll put up a banner and say, who knew saving the planet would be so delicious? <laughs> it's and a great, it's a great line. Personal, right? <laughs> Exactly. And so it's like all of a sudden it intrigues you saying, wow, what is this company doing that no one else is doing? Right. And so part of what makes Do Good so unique and special is that the only reason we exist as a company is to help solve food waste, to help use our food system to solve our environmental problems, recognizing that people are not going to change overnight and everyone's still going to desire and love a piece of chicken or we'll talk about do good eggs as well. But if it's the same product that you know and that you love, that tastes delicious, chickens are omnivores, by the way, they're getting a better, healthier diet with our feed. Um, and if it tastes the same and price the same, why wouldn't you not do good for the planet? And I love it. I love your uh, tagline. Good for the plate and planet. Um, so what about the eggs? So you decide you're going to do eggs too, and maybe other things. Like, let, how did you decide to get into the egg space? Yeah, the egg space has been fascinating. Um, our feed ingredient can go into pretty much every animal-based protein. Uh, so that's why when we say we can solve food waste in five years, we mean it. Um, if just one out of every five pieces of chicken was a do-good chicken that you ate, we would solve food waste in that five years. Wow. But alone when we start putting our feed into eggs and everything else. Um, but eggs came to us kind of uh, opportunistic. We had a lot of interest and excitement and questions around why can't you just do this in eggs? We made a great partnership with Michael Foods, one of the largest food service egg suppliers across the country. Uh, once again, able to send our feed into their existing supply chain and thereby unlock sustainability at scale so that we can go and pitch some of the largest food service and QSR restaurants where they get the same eggs from the same supplier across the country that are now branded do good because now that layer hen is eating our feed. And then thereby, they are able to unlock the do-good story with a quantified greenhouse gas savings onto menu at your local favorite coffee brand. Sure. And that's really, really cool. Um, following the same model. And then, okay, how do you think about what could be next? My guess is you're not thinking, hey, we're done. We've got chicken and eggs. Actually, that's kind of funny. The chicken or the egg. Um, but what do you think about that? Is there another? Are there other areas you're thinking about? Or how do you think about growth and what's next for you guys? Yeah, that's the exciting thing as well. Um, we already have many major global CPG companies calling us and saying, uh, well, let's create do good soups from the backs and frames of our chicken. Totally. Let's do do good managers. Also using our eggs. There are so many additional product portfolio where, and that's why we are taking the approach where we actually invite, we want all of our quote unquote competitors to come in and be a part of this because the quicker we can collectively align, the quicker we can partner and create an entire product portfolio 
of, of the same products that we know and that we love that are now actually having a net positive impact on the world, we absolutely need to do that. And we need to embrace our competition actually being our partners. Love that. That's that's really cool. And I mean, and there's so much potential, like you said, if you think about other categories, like you could follow a similar model and, and, and wouldn't that be great if others c- came in and, and also thought about the similar model, right? And applied that to some of their food products. Yep, exactly. How do you measure your impact? I mean, do you guys have some sort of rudimentary or specific metrics to say, you know, because we're here, we have, you know, I, I don't want to say like you need a counter on your website, but you know what I mean? Like impact over time of the purchases of chicken, the purchases of eggs, what we've helped save or solved. You know what I mean? Anything like that that you guys think about from a metric? Well, we do, we do have a counter on our website. Oh, so well, we, we, I must have missed actually, it. <laughs> <laughs> we've actually saved just in the first year over 32 million pounds of surplus grocery food from wow. going to land. We've already saved over 4,200 tons of CO2. Uh, so what we do is actually we do real-time carbon accounting. Once again, this is about how big and how broad and how quickly can we be transparent and open and honest with the consumer and drive towards real carbon reduction, carbon equivalent reduction. And so we actually do real-time carbon accounting. So we measure the moment that we pick up the surplus grocery food, all the BTUs and kilowatt hours of taking our food and creating our feed, the distribution of the feed to the feed mill and the displacement of corn and soy so that we can then have based upon the inclusion ratio of our feed, a standardized on the package claim approved by FSIS where each do good chicken then saves four pounds of surplus grocery food and three pounds of greenhouse gases. And so the, 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 uh, the retail consumer can literally turn over their package and read that equation and understand their impact. From a food service perspective, we actually give everyone a carbon impact receipt at the end of each month solely based upon the amount of pounds of chicken that they're buying, equating to the corresponding amount of pounds of surplus grocery food and greenhouse gases that they've saved. That's very cool. Um, Anything not worked? You guys have had a lot of success and growth. Um, (laughs) Anything you think back over the last couple of years, you go, yeah, we tried that and that did not work. Or, you know, kind of big lessons learned you'd share with our our audience. I think uh, more than uh, a a 10-minute conversation could, could ever hold um, I think part of being an entrepreneur is trying something new kind of every couple of weeks and trying to figure it out, right? It's, it's a Rubik's Cube that you're constantly having to just keep adjusting. You know what where your North Star is. You know what you want to do, um, but you just keep adjusting every single day. So one of our family's quotes is, we, we reserve the right to get smarter every day. Oh, I love that. And that's a really key critical approach where... No one's ever done this and no one's ever done this at scale. And every piece of equipment that we use, yes, is standard food processing equipment, but it's never before been used in this way. So there is no blueprint. There's no someone that you can call that says, oh, hey, I did it this way. You should think about it that way. And so I think the beauty of being an entrepreneur, if you're, in my opinion, a really good one, um, you're learning every single day, you're adjusting and uh, yet still keeping the ship moving in the right direction. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, as if if you've got listeners here that are interested in partnering with you, interested in connecting with you, um, learning more about what they can do, whether it be on the retail side or the CPG side, how should they be connecting with you or your team? Uh, you brought it up in the beginning of the show. Come on, go on LinkedIn. Uh, I will 
likely respond to your message in a matter of 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you just set the bar. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, um, so great having you with us. Um, excited for what you guys are doing. We've got to have you back on. I, you know, your story continues to change and evolve over time and grow. Um, no pun intended. And I'm um, really excited for what you guys are doing. You're impacting the food industry in such a positive way. And not only the industry, but then our planet and our climate and whatnot. I mean, um, it's powerful. It's really, really cool because you're, you know, you're, you're, in this interesting space of making product and selling product and partnering with retailers, you know, but then also the byproduct of it is such a good outcome. So, man, so great to have you with us. You got to come back on as I shared, and I really appreciate you being with us today. Thank you so much. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional ContenderCast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. <laughs>